Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello, welcome in everyone. Welcome, welcome. My name is Ed, a founder of PSG Talk. We're going to give everyone just a second to come on in and uh, settle in. We're going to be here for hopefully a little while, 45 minutes, an hour. We'll see how long we can go and talk about all the latest PSG news. We're going to have uh, Mark Damon, who's just been itching to get in to talk about PSG. Mark, if you can hear me, I've gone ahead and added you as a co-host. Sometimes we have difficulties with Mark's uh, equipment here. So, Mark, if you're on a mobile device, I think that's the best way that you can go ahead and do it. Um, we're going to be talking about Christophe Gaultier coming in from Nice. Um, new manager. Exciting. We've got a new sporting director. We've got a signing. There's rumors that maybe PSG could sell Neymar. We're going to talk about it all. But first, Mark, let's check in with you. How are you? Are you with us? Yes, I believe so. Holy cow, we did it. Yeah, it worked this time. I, I remembered how to how to do the thing right. So yeah, this is this is a first. I have mastered the I have mastered the complex uh, complex Twitter spaces, I guess. So we can actually start on time. Uh, how are we doing? We're doing good. Well, we don't have you here for your tech skills. We we have you here for your hot takes on PSG. And what we're going to do with this is, um, because I know some of the people are already requesting to talk, what we're going to do is try to keep this a little structured. We're going to have several topics we want to talk about, and then we'll open it up at the end and have people, um, you know, chime in with their thoughts. So that's the way we're going to do it. Um, Mark, I think the last time we talked was probably Kylian Mbappe when he made a decision that shocked the world and he was staying at PSG. Not a whole lot official had happened since then, but here in the past week or two weeks or so, it's it's really picked up. So um, I wanted to get you on. I had a little bout with COVID. Yes, that thing's still going around. So I'm glad on uh, here on July 5th we can chat this one, um, everything that's going out on going on. But how's your summer been so far? Um, it's been good. I mean, it, it's it's weather's been pretty good here in the on the East Coast and. Um, we got some stuff to talk about this uh, this week here. It, it feels like definitely, you know, you want to throw the you want to throw the term around "new era." I guess we can throw that term around. It's definitely a change from what PSG had been doing over the last few years, and I think for I think pretty much since March, it's been sort of a sad slog through for PSG. But it feels like everything that's old is new and new beginnings. And I think that's, uh, I think that's been beneficial. It's clearly been beneficial because I think people are more excited about the team than they were. And I think people see a, a long-term vision and uh, we'll talk about it, I guess. Well, let's just get into it. So today, the news that everyone had assumed, uh, Christophe Gaultier from uh, Nice is now the official manager at PSG. And um, he comes in with not a ton of high-profile accolades. I mean, he did win League on with Lille, and I think that's the, the accomplishment that probably got him this job. He, he did work with uh, Louis Campos there, who was the sporting director. So those two have linked up before, and now they link up at PSG. And I think that 
when you when you looked at PSG after the season, everybody was sort of on the same page by and by everyone. I mean the fans, which was look, we need to start with the bling bling. We need to start with the big high profile signings. We need to get a little grit. We need to get some people in here that are going to get players in here who want to be here, who are going to do the dirty work. And I feel like from the sporting director to the manager now, we have two guys that believe in that philosophy, that are going to give young guys a chance, that are going to find those diamonds in the rough, that are going to come in and play hard. I'm thinking like Nuno Mendes. I mean, he's the perfect player that I think. Young, hungry, he's going to come in and just world-class. So I think I'm really excited about this new direction. I don't think we need the big high-profile signings anymore. We've got that. Let's build around them with some really talented uh, players from League On. And we have two guys that are probably the best in the world at coaching it and finding it in the league. What do you think about it? Well, I'll say this first. I think there have been people who've been calling for this for years. And I would just say to those people, I don't think three, four years ago was the time for this. I think when you're when you're growing a brand, when you're trying to put a club that really wasn't particularly high profile for most of its history, when you're trying to put it on the same footing as uh, high profile Manchester United, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Bayern, if you're trying to get it to that level, you did need the sort of era of high profile signings and, you know, and, and names. I think there was value to that. What I think has happened now is PSG, I think, are on a much sort of better footing as a, when, with their financials. I think there's a, a, a sense that this club is able to self-sustain itself and it's not it doesn't need sort of the it doesn't need the high profile signing every single year that sort of sustained the interest for the club. So now I think you're getting into the business of actually building the thing for the long term uh, growth and success. And you can tell that that's the vision that Nasser Al-Halifi has been sold on. And I think part of that is obviously listening to Luis Campos and what Luis Campos has in mind. And I think definitely what Kylian Mbappe has in mind, because I think he feels, I, I think it's definitely a mix of that. I think Nasser is listening to different people and you wonder if it's going to sustain itself. If, if Nasser is going to be able to go through with it and maybe have a season where maybe this year is not, well, we don't know. I, I, they, they have most of the guys they had last year. They're not going to get rid of the, the core of the team. I think that's pretty well, obvious. We're, we're going to find out real. We're going to find out real quick because Ronaldo apparently wants out of Manchester United. So we'll we'll test uh, Nasser's resolve to see if he really means not signing. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, that's not going to happen. I don't think that would have happened regardless because it's just it's too late for that, and it's pretty obvious that um, there's nowhere to put him. But anywho, I it, that's almost. You don't even really want to waste time on it. It's it's kind of ridiculous. But you see where they are now. You're 10 years into the project. And I do think it's time for PSG to settle down and build something more sustainable and more sensible than sort of the, the I guess Nasser used the term bling bling. I would say more just sort of high profile, trying to make waves, trying to shock the market, trying to make a name for the club. I mean, where Nasser is now is one of the key pieces of the ECA and a key player in UEFA. He doesn't really have to 
prove it anymore. I think PSG are where they are, and they're going to be in the Champions League every year for the most part. They're going to be a round of 16 quarterfinal team at, at minimum. And this, I think, this signing of Galtier and Campos is a sign in the bigger picture that PSG are comfortable now. And I think you're going to see the team built better than it was. And I'm with Galtier specifically, I'm sort of growing into it. I wasn't a fan three weeks ago of this. Cause I, I just, if your goal is to be competitive in the champions league, it is a risk to go get a guy who's barely play, barely coached champions league matches. It's a, it's a, it's a, That's fair. it's a skill you have to develop. You have to be able to game plan. You have to be able to game plan over two legs. It's not easy and not a lot of managers are particularly great at it. So it's not that he can't do it. It's that he's just never really done it. But I think the more you see of him, I think the especially listening to him today in the press conference, I think he has the right temperament to keep a team invested and interested through a 38 game uh, for lack of a better term, regular season. I think he's, he's somebody who I think is going to improve on where PSG were last year. I don't think this team is taking a step back. I mean, it's hard to take much of a step back in terms of style of play because by, by the end, it just, what wasn't there. I mean, it was pretty obvious to anybody and here's somebody who I, I think has a confidence. I think he's not going to be overwhelmed by this job. I, I, I think he's somebody who's maybe more than any of the other guys we've hired is sort of temperamentally, at least for, at least from what I can see. And it's hard to tell, obviously it's, it's one, uh, one press conference, but he just seems like a guy who understands French football. He gets the weekly grind of it. He understands, I think, how to coach in this league. He's probably the best manager to come out of this league in the last decade. So in terms of just French products, he's probably the best one, the best French manager. And I mean, if we're not counting Zidane because Zidane's not managing currently, but he's probably the best French manager in the world of, you know, French of French origin. So that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, and I and, you mentioned Zidane. I don't think that was ever a realistic option. I think there was some flirting. Maybe they made a phone call. I don't think Zidane was ever serious to taking the job. No, and and because it just, I think it wasn't the right time. I think Zidane wants to coach the French national team, and I don't think he wants anything to get in the way of that. And I think you could tell that Deschamps' run might be coming to an end soon. So keep himself open for that. I. I I think that's really what the I'm sure they talked, but you know if if Zidane's dream is to coach the French national team, that that's what he's going to do, and no PSG contract is going to stop him from doing that. So I, it was probably a smart decision, and in a fairly weak coaching market, let's be honest, Galtier is probably the best fit out of a list of candidates that are not. Uh, Sterling, it's not. It's not like Klopp and Guardiola and any of those guys are on the are on the market. So, Conte wasn't going to leave. Uh, no, it, 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 and you know what? It, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna 
go with the sort of Luis Campos vision of what PSG is going to be, you kind of have to give him the coach that he wants. Like it's the right move. Like it, it's just, it's the, it is the right move because you need to have for this to have any chance of working. You need the, the sporting director and the coach to be on the same page. And you start off with at least two guys who have a vision for what this could be. Now the question is whether it works or not. And I, I think there's more than one way to build a football club. It's not as rigid as sort of, you know, this, you could, you could, you could do it by getting a bunch of stars. We've seen that work. We've seen building through your Academy work, not as much as, not as much as getting stars, but it's worked. And I think you're seeing PSG sort of try to take the middle ground approach where you're going to get players who are sort of getting into that stage where they're going to be stars, but they're not quite stars yet. And you have an academy where you're going to get at least, you know, two or three guys out of there that can rotate in and be occasional starters. There's a method here and you can see it with Galtier. And I think there are some comments that I'm sure will be brought up by other people about, you know, we're, we, we don't want people here that don't want to be here. And well, because that's what I was going to say. There's two things that I like and one thing that I'm a little worried about, and, th- and that's one of them. So I'll read the quote. I got it pulled up here. He says, no single player will be above the team. The sum total of talent must be a great side and a force to be reckoned with. I love that. I love it. That's directly aimed at Neymar and Messi and all the, the stars basically saying, get your shit together or this isn't going to work. I love that. And, and the reason he can say that is because of something I tweeted out not that long ago, and you may remember it, and it was something like, okay, Gaultier is not coming in here saying I've got three Champions League titles or whatever, but he could come in there and say, I beat your asses with less talent. I won the league over all of you at, at Lille, for crying out loud. So don't tell me you're too good to listen to me because I beat you over the span of, of a, an entire season to the league uh, title. So I think that that's huge. I think that gives them instant credit. And if the players don't want to buy into that, then they probably shouldn't be at PSG and they can go elsewhere. The one thing I'm a little worried about, curious to get your thoughts on those two, plus this one, is only a two-year deal. It's a little odd. No, right? I mean, well, it's... it's like get it together or you're out. Well, you know, I, I'd ra- if it doesn't work, you'd rather them not be in the situation where they are with Pochettino where they had to pay where they extended him for a third year and they had to pay out like 15 million euros for him to go away. So you'd rather not have that situation. I understand that. You can always extend a coach if you, if you, if you feel the need to, um, I don't, I don't find that as as big of an issue. Honestly, I think if, if Galtier does well in the first year, I think they'll probably extend him like they did with Tuchel, like they did with Pochettino, which ended up not working. But the, the part about there being no one bigger than the team, I think that's easy to say in a press conference. And I think what PSG fans are, I think a, a select section of PSG fans are thinking is, you know, well, are they going to bench people if they're not playing well? Is Messi going to go to the bench if he's not producing? Is Neymar going to go to the bench if he's not producing? Does Galte have that kind of power to do that? Or is it going to be sort of the way it was, which is, guys just sort of play no matter what. And there doesn't seem to be any competition to push anybody 
and guys who are playing terribly can just be rolled out there again. And I think that's what PSG fans are looking to get away from. And I think that's obviously what Galtier is going to start off with, but I really do think that's easier said than done. And that's something that's going to have to be parsed out through the season. And it's going to help if they can get the squad down to a bit more of a manageable number because they have too many people right now. And I think what you're going to see is a lot of loans because it's hard to sell these guys on these contracts. It's just, and part, and part of it is not really part of it is just the, you know, the price of doing business, because if you're a player at PSG, you expect to be paid a certain amount of money. You, You can't lowball people in that situation. Like, People like Kurzawa and Draxler, yes, they're getting overpaid. But the fact of the matter is when you're at a club like that, the value, your valuation goes up just by the fact that you're there. So, you know, even the players that ride the bench are still getting paid a million, two million a year. Like that's, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not just a PSG problem. That's a, big clubs in world football problem. It's a, it, the salaries are just out of control anyway. So besides that sort of inflationary pressure, I think it's important that they get that roster down a little bit, and then you can make room for, let's say, a younger player to come in and start or, or play, let's say, 10 games out of the 38, play the, le- play the Cups. I think they just have to – there's a lot we can get to about the things that this club does wrong – there's a bunch of stuff it does right, which is why they're in the position they're in to be able to do this kind of strategy in the first place. But I, I think the the primary thing for Galtier is just going to be is going to be besides just getting his feet wet in this sort of major football is going to be. I've watched a lot of league on over over the last few years, and I've watched a bunch of Christoph Galtier teams. I've never, right. I've never once gotten away from a Christoph Galtier match going, man, they are fun to watch. Not once. <laughs> Not a single time. Every time they played Nice, I think every time they played Nice this year, it was like a 0-0 draw. I think Nice might have beat him in the last game, like 1-0 or something in the last minute. I might be remembering that wrong, but these were, these were not high-scoring dominant affairs these were low scoring league on slogs and christophe galtier for his career has been the king of the league on style match his teams play the league on style it's 442 it's low block it's quick counter and christophe galtier's teams do that better than possibly anybody else yeah, in three in three games last season, Nice scored one goal. PSG scored zero, and uh, they knocked him out of the Coupe de France uh, uh, six to five on PKs. If you remember that, yeah, uh, back in late January. So yeah, PSG scored zero goals, and they only scored one in three goals in three, in three games. games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But that, but again, we're not saying that that he. This is not you know this is not ticky tack of football here. This is. Christophe Galtier plays a very specific style. And in the press conference, I think he acknowledged this and said, you know, I have different players. I'm going to play a different style. And 
you know, for a fan base that has been in a, up in arms about the way the Pochettino teams played, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Christophe Galtier can adjust to being, you know, there's the old cliche of being the hunter versus the hunted. I think he's going to have to change the way, obviously, he does his tactics. PSG are not going to get away playing 4-4-2 in low block. So, obviously, he's going to have to make that adjustment. The question early on is, does he have a diversity to adjust his style? Like, will he be good at it? I mean, he has to, but will he be good at it? And if he can clear that first hurdle and you see PSG playing a good brand of aggressive football, the kind that I think the fans want to see, they don't want to see 4-4-2 low block necessarily. At that point, I think that buys him time to then, then we can have to, then we'll have to see, okay, he can make the adjustment tactically from being a league on coach to sort of a champions league coach. And that's really the question of, can he do that? And that's an open question. And I think it is actually worth the risk here because again, he's the best candidate in a list of not very good candidates. And I think what you will get from this team at the very minimum is a very competent, aggressive league on team. I think they'll navigate the league better. They'll play better in league matches because Galtier understands the league better than anyone. And, and you would think that that would carry over to the Champions League. If you're playing well domestically, sure, maybe it changes because your opponent is a little higher quality, but you're in good form. You're listening to your manager. You know, the players are all clicking together. Yeah, well, Pochettino was all over the place. Absolutely. I mean, you. It, it's not always been the case. PSG, you know, there's the old... PSG play a Champions League match and then lose the league on game the the week after. That's 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 a that's a whole that's a that's a whole bit. Like that's that's been that's been around forever. But it's clear they have to play better in league. It's just clear because uh, there were times last year where the the product was unwatchable, and you had to give. Uh, I, I know people are going to disagree with me. You had to give them the year. You had to see if in a full year he could turn it around, and he didn't. So that's why he's no longer the coach. And now Christophe Galtier is going to get two seasons unless there's a total collapse, which I don't think is going to happen. Because I think, again, worst-case scenario, I think this team's going to be excellent in League 1, and I think it's going to be a round of 16 quarterfinal team in the Champions League. And then the question's going to be, can he outmanage, can he – can he put together game plans and strategies that work against top flight opponents like Bayern and Chelsea and Liverpool and city and Real Madrid? That's the, that's the question. That's the bar that, you know, you think he, you know, is in there to reach. And the question is, can he do it? And I think, of course, in the Champions League, you need a little bit of luck. You got to outmanage someone, but luck. I mean, you just never know what that competition well, yeah, but also let's be let's be completely honest. PSG teams were actually fairly competitive in the Champions League under Pochettino. The fact of the matter is they had a bad fifteen minutes and lost that tie. Because, well, honestly, I'm not sure how Real Madrid won the championship, but they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll like this analogy. All of a sudden, Gianluigi Donnarumma has gone all Chuck Knobloch and can't even remember how to like make a save. 
Yeah, it's just it just whatever it is, just whatever vibes Real Madrid had that the, this season. You can't. Sometimes you can't put these things into words, but it it, it was clear that again, this team's going to continually get to that position where they're going to be in those spots to make plays and to win big matches. The question is, again, can they do it? And can the consistency that Galtier hopefully will bring, will that help them overcome it over time through their ability to just play a style, do it right? There's still more questions than answers, but I'm more hopeful now. Because I do feel Agreed. like I feel like the temperament's there. I feel like he's going to get a chance, and I like the I like the the signing so far. I mean, we can start talking to people. I think because we're already about 30, 25 minutes in. Yeah, well, let me. But let me I, I would say I like the I like I like where they're going with the signings. I think they're I think it's the right methodology to to what they need at the moment. Absolutely. That's, that's a good point. And um, let me just reset. I'm Ed from PSG Talk and my co-host Mark Damon here. We're doing a Twitter Spaces Live of our PSG Talking podcast. We just talked about Christoph Galtier coming in as PSG's manager. Um, exciting times. And I think one thing we didn't even mention is if Galtier is coming in and Campos is in, you can bet your bottom dollar that Mbappe has signed off on this. Um, I don't think, like some people say, that he is running the club now, but I can assure you they went to him and said, hey, you good with this? Yeah, I'm good with this. Let's do it. So if they're coming in, for sure Mbappe is on board, right? There's no question about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I think that's pretty much goes without saying. I think I think you can see Kylian Mbappe. And it, it, the fact that he's willing to sort of go through with this, and he's not looking for the quick fix either. He's he's he signed for three years. I again, PSG may sell him after the second year, maybe not, but they have three years. So it's a longer extension than what you may have thought maybe a year ago that he would sign. And I think he's willing to to. And I'm not even going to say take a step back because I don't think that's what's happening here. I think what he's willing to do is say, okay, here's a plan. Here's somebody with a plan. You know, I, I'd like to be consulted because I'm the best player on the team by, you know, at this point by a good healthy margin. And he's getting basically what he wants, which is a commitment to building a solid foundation. The question, as always, is are the fans patient for this? Because, you know, it might it might be a bit of a struggle at the beginning and Galtier might struggle a little bit in the champions league to be that kind of coach that you need, that kind of tactician that you need. And it'll be up to, I think the fans to be mature about it and go, okay, this is the strategy they're going with. I may not agree with it. I may agree with it, but this is a two, three year plan at the minimum. And for that to work, you kind of have to have the buy-in. And if Killian's bought in, which it feels like he is, and Nasser is clearly bought into this, he's clearly, I mean, it, it, his, that interview he gave to, I think it was, whatever, it, to Le Parisian or whatever interview he gave, it actually read off like a Twitter feed of a PSG fan. That's it literally really what did. it said. It was. It was, like, it, it was like a Twitter feed. It was a Twitter, it was a Twitter thread by a PSG fan who wanted to see the club run a certain way. And he hit all the, 
he hit all the buzzwords. He hit all the right targets. So, so, so he now, said, dreams are, dreams are one thing. Reality is another. Perhaps we should change our slogan. Dream bigger is good, but today we must be realistic. We don't want flashy bling bling anymore. It's the end of the glitter. We want players who love the club, who love the fight, who love to win. That's, I mean, I think the Ultras had a banner that literally said that. So you're right. I mean, he – and you, you were saying, you know, the fans going to be okay with this. I think the Ultras are – if they see the product on the field that – it's it's gritty and they're trying and they're running and tracking back and they see a plan. I think they'll be fine with a couple of losses if we don't win the Champions League. Fine, um, but the, enough is enough of like that. Let's just the marketing. You know, PSG for the last ten years has been basically like a startup. Okay, everyone yeah. knows who we are now. Let's get some substance. Let's let's start handing out some health insurance plans. Let's let's get a real goal for uh, growth here. You know, in a real business and not just yeah. like go for the flashy thing. Well, you do need the flashy thing or else the thing wouldn't have worked. But, you, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, they would have been Red Bull Leipzig. Like, it, it's fine to be Red Bull Leipzig, but that's not what, the, that's not what the, the ownership wanted. They didn't want to be Red Bull Leipzig or a club like that where it has money behind it, but you're not necessarily looking to be at the top of the sport. Now, PS- again, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, it's not that easy. Look at Newcastle, all the money they have behind them. What big signings have they made? It's not that easy to get a Messi and Neymar and Mbappe to come to your team. I mean, yeah, glitter is is one thing, but you know, hats off to PSG for able to get it done. Um, Mark, well, and, and I just want to say this before we take before we take calls because we should, we should we really should get to that. But anyone saying like that Messi was a bad signing has no idea what the hell they're talking about because frankly, the, the money that PSG are making off of Lionel Messi is allowing them to take this strategy that they're taking now. So let's say that, you know, let's say that point blank, like that, that's that nobody, if you, if you're saying that you don't know what you're talking about. And he was uh second leading assist uh, right behind Mbappe. So We'll see. I mean, it's a new league, new new language, new everything. It's just completely different for. You didn't get a pre. You didn't get a preseason. No preseason. So, um, we're gonna start bringing people in. I know we've got um, Carl Oscar. So let's go ahead, bring Carl in, uh, fellow PSG Talk contributor, all the way in. Oh, Carl, where are you? Sweden, right? You're in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, at least now. Oh my gosh, I had a brain fart there for a second. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, I'm working every day, waking up at 5.30, so uh, going to bed early, waking up early, just going through the motions during the summer, really saving up some money from uh, for the upcoming falls, because I'm moving to Copenhagen. Very cool. Well, congratulations on the big move and everything. Exciting times. I hope you've been keeping an eye on PSG. I mean, if you want to talk about Gaultier or Mbappe, uh, Xavi Simmons is leaving, uh, Vitinha coming in, there's a lot to talk about. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm just, I'm personally cautiously optimistic for what's happening. Uh, It's very easy to get, (laughs) I said it on Twitter today, that it's great that everyone's so optimistic, but we can't, as you guys have been discuss, discussing, we can't uh, expect sunshine and flowers immediately, right? It's going to be a tough, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be like tough moments, tough decisions being made that not all the fans are going to agree with. But overall, the general direction I'm very happy with. Uh, it's something that for me, I, I know me, me and Mark don't really, uh, we, we don't agree on uh I think this should have happened three, four, or two or three years ago, uh, and I get why some people wanted it to sort of uh, 
focus on the short term for a while longer, but the, this has been coming. We needed this. Uh, the, the last, I guess, two years under Leonardo has been—he's done, in my opinion, a lot, lots to damage the club, and it's important. It, it, him going, it's more important than Pochettino, Pochettino leaving, and I'm happy. Uh, Luis Campos and um, uh, all his expertise seem to be heading the club into a better direction. So overall, just generally happy with what's happening. Uh, of course, has Leonardo landed anywhere? Can he take some of these overpriced players with him? Maybe Paredes? Has he has he found a new club yet? Uh, Leonardo. Uh, I mean, who, who, like, the things like Milan fa- fans really hate Leonardo. Most PSG fans don't like him. I'm not sure who's going to employ him at this point because uh, he, he's not used to. I guess he tried to uh, work on a tighter budget at Milan, but uh, I mean, it didn't, it didn't work there. So, not sure who he's going to go to. Uh, but let's hope he, he brings some of the un- unwanted players with him. We can, we can uh, yeah. Beg, yeah. Well, Maybe he'll go to Newcastle. They got a big budget and definitely need to sign <laughs> yeah. some players. Yeah. Um, Carl, any last thoughts? If we can let you go, we got a couple other uh, people who requested. Um, thoughts? Yeah, just I, I hope. Um, just uh, in terms of how the, the squad is going to look for next season, it's hard to know now. It seems that's going to be a three at the back formation uh, with some type of five man midfield and two up front, but it's really hard to know. Uh, I just feel like all the midfield targets that are being sort of focused upon are either eights or almost like tens. So I, I, I'm a bit worried about the defense defensive midfield uh, position. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Maybe uh, I, I am of the opinion that Marquinhos is best as a DM or as a hybrid uh, center-back um, DM. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I hope that there's at least some thought being place behind the midfield targets um we'll see what happens fantastic carl thank you so much yeah the midfield we we haven't talked too much about um uh Vitinha, who is coming in and i think he he looks like a, a great player great signing 40 million maybe a little bit high but um we'll uh, we'll, well see how that pans out i would yeah, do want to get well, free I, 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 I will i will say just quickly i, I think yeah. when you have they need to figure out whatever it is beyond Marco Verratti, because quite frankly, you know, he's going to miss at least probably 10, 15 games a year based on injuries and, and card accumulation. So I think it, 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 you know, clearly Luis Campos came in and his number one target was Vitinha as a midfielder. And they got that deal done relatively quickly. And he paid, I wouldn't say a premium. I think it's a good fee. I think for a guy that could potentially be your replacement for Marco Verratti or your supplement to him or your next, you know, great midfielder, if you believe that that's what he's going to be, I think that that's the right price to pay. Like I do. I think that's, I I think that's a smart deal. The question will be, is the guy, is the kid, you know, is the kid going to be able to live up to it? Yeah, and I do. Wor- we'll, I do worry we'll, about his we'll time. At, I do worry about his time at Wolves. Didn't go great. That's a tough league in the Premier League. But uh, speaking of Premier League and all things London and England, uh, Friesian Londoners here. We brought him in. Uh, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? New manager, sporting director, the new direction of the club. Lots going on at PSG. What's on your mind? 
Hey, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, lads. It's been it's been a while we've been talking on on Twitter, so uh, I'm I'm glad we managed to make it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm listening to you guys, and and I can definitely say that you all are very optimistic about what's happening right now. That's not my case personally. I um, again, everything that happened today with Galche was definitely kind of political. He's been media trained, obviously. Everything he said, obviously, was to please the fans. He only said what we wanted him to say. Uh, and uh, and sometimes it was a bit too much as well, to be fair. Uh, because all the things around Marseille, etc. I have Marseille people texting me and saying, this guy is no longer considered a Marseille uh, a player or whatever. It's over for him. After everything he said today, obviously, if you're a Marseille fan, you're watching the press conf, you're like, geez, you can't say stuff like that. But uh, I think it was a bit too much. Um that's why I'm, I'm a bit, um, I'd say, mixed feelings about the whole situation right now. It's more about the structure that we need to change rather than the, the gaffer. So let, let, let's see how it goes. Uh, obviously, he needs to prove before judging him. But uh, what, what, what do you uh, need to see? Does he need to maybe sell Neymar? What do you need to see from him to really believe? Well, what well, he does not need to sell any player. He just needs to deliver from a result perspective and style of play and, and authority and everything. What I'm scared with him of is uh, I have a little bit the impression that it's the new head teacher, not the new, the old head teacher. And saying stuff around um, no player should be above the institution, blah, blah, blah. Now discipline is here. I'm representing discipline. Next, I'm just scared that with some players, it's not going to work. It's going to be too, I don't know, like too strict or anything like that. And then obviously it needs to be a, a not, not too old-fashioned, otherwise not going to work as well. So I'm, I'm, to be fair, I have mixed feelings around the whole situation right now. Um, it, it does not need to uh, get rid of some players to prove anything. It just needs to deliver in terms of results. Um, and, and what we're expecting from him, obviously, it's at the European level. Uh, we know that domestically is, is going to bring us a lot. Uh, th- you just said earlier that uh, he kicked our ass um, and he, he, he won the title against yeah. us. I have another point of view. I think we lost the title to Lille rather than uh, them winning the title to us. Obviously, they won. uh, But the season we had, that season, we lost the title rather than them winning it. That's that's my point of view. But obviously, he delivered with Lille. He did great with Saint-Etienne. He did really, really well with average teams uh, and and, um, making average players good. But what about players that are already good? Because the squad we have is is definitely quality comparing to to the squad that he has trained. So again, we, I can't predict the future. So I'm not going to say, "Wow, that's the big revolution." Uh, is he? Is, is oh, we have a French coach right now as well. Yeah, he speaks French. That's great. Blah blah blah. I I don't really care about the fact that he speaks French or not, as long as he's delivering the and, and having the results. He can be I don't know, Peruvian or whatever. It's not my problem. But just, any, uh, just not American, though. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, are you going to be looking for anything from Gaultier in the preseason? I mean, it's yeah, on the yeah, uh, the, the the system the system will be interesting. Obviously, uh, what I'm expecting from him is to actually implement a proper style of play. But you said earlier that with a contract of two years, he had an extra year in option, but he decided to uh, cancel it. I don't know if it's because the Marseille job was available suddenly. Maybe he's thinking about this after the two years. I don't know. 
maybe if we knew that the Marseille job was available before signing for us, then maybe he would have t- taken it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, two years will be actually quite hard to implement a proper style of play that we can keep after him. But, but, uh, but yeah, the system will be very important. Yeah, we kind of glossed um, over that. We didn't really mention that he was from Marseille, Gautier, and um, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's an but, issue. Well, he's getting paid more here than he would get paid at Marseille. Of course, Marseille. that's so the job be, of his life. Be, <laughs> so let's be, uh, you know, there's there's a few reasons why he would rather take the PSG job. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, hell, again, you look at the last, Marseille, Marseille can't even keep the good coach that they had. Like, I actually thought Sam Pauli was a good manager for them and they couldn't keep them because they don't want to spend money on yeah they don't actually want to they want to spend real money on like Mm -hmm. you know real players that they'd have to bring in but you're bringing up all the all the concerns you have are the same sort of ones that i have i think where i'm more optimistic is that i think he has a temperament that will allow him to see through it a little bit and i think he'll be able to I don't think this job's going to overwhelm him the way it's overwhelmed others. It may not work, but I don't think it's a guy that's going to, you know, you got to a point with Pochettino where he was almost paralyzed to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the same thing happened with Unai Emery, where you take this guy who was a great manager at mm-hmm. other places, he comes to a job like PSG, and by the end he can barely... You know, well, it was, it was mainly because of the connection with the sporting director that was really poor uh, with Leonardo. Now, obviously, well, the good point about uh, the appointment of Galce yeah. is his relationship with Luis Campos, which is very reassuring yeah. because they did work together in the past and it worked really well. Yeah. But that's that's a very positive point. But again, I'm not too excited, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that, and we like that. Yeah. Of you. Yeah. I will say, Galtier, he, he definitely looks the part. He looks like the manager of a big club with that jacket, with the fur and everything, and the steel eyes. I mean, he looks the part. Come now. on, he's bro. He's been, he's been media trained. Come on. <laughs> Obviously, you watch the press conference like I us. Did. Everything he said was to please the. And we were expecting him to actually. But, well, say would you would you rather him say Would you rather him say things that don't please the fans? Is the no, question. I would rather <laughs> no. If if he was as honest as not to involve in the PSG thing, like more like Laurent Blanc was. You remember Laurent Blanc? He's, he's a former Marseille player as well. When, when he, he, he was our gaffer, he was always talking about us as Paris Saint-Germain rather than saying us or stuff like that. He was not, not really into the ici c'est Paris, uh, I'm the PSG gaffer now, uh, oh, the Parc des Princes, Paris is a beautiful city, it's the capital of France. And then everything he said around PSG is representing French football, blah, blah, blah. He's the French club. Blah, blah, blah. That's way too... That's too much, bro. That's too much. <laughs> and 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 I, fa- I found it really weird, you know, because in my opinion, he was more representing Marseille than Zidane, for example, because he's been formed and, and he's a former player of Marseille, played for the team as well. So, I, you know, as I said, I, have, I don't know what's going to happen with him in Marseille, but trust me, after what they saw today, they are crying literally crying no. no that is a very good point and um yeah it is interesting that you bring up the point about lauren blanc and how he talked about psg and it does seem like the last couple of managers have been very well media trained so uh parisian lender thank you thank you so much we're gonna, we're gonna let you drop off here and uh we we're gonna bring in we got another request from luciano <laughs> uh bring you in here what is on your mind new manager new direction 
new signings. What what's going on? What do you want to talk about? Luciana, we got you as a speaker. Go ahead and unmute your mic if you can and jump on in here. If not, we'll just have to keep rambling on. Hopefully, come on. You there? Oh, uh, well, someone else wants to jump in. We have no one requesting to be in. We're going to uh, remove you as a speaker here. And um, if anyone else wants to jump in, Mark, any other thing you want to mention while we wait for someone to jump in here? Um, I'll say again, I, I I see the pros and cons with a with a with a manager like Christoph Galtier. Like I, you know, the, this is a risk they're taking, and the hope is that. And I think what you saw, and I don't think it's everything. I I don't think this is, you know. I'm going to mention it. The fact that a lot of the, the star players came back early then they didn't have to, when Neymar came back a day, a week before he had to, and Messi came back a week before he had to, I, I think there's a, and I, th- this might be more correlation than causation, but I think there's a, an obvious, uh, view among the players that what they did last season was not good enough and the idea of that team actually having it's sort of the one good thing about not having the world cup in the summer this year is that these these players can actually have a real preseason like two weeks of training and uh script you know in and actually playing in preseason games and like, th- I think you're, you're going to be off to a better start because of that. And the last three years have been screwed up because of COVID anyway. This is really one of the first years where COVID is sort of not screwing around with the schedule in the same way. So the fact that those guys are here on time early, even, you know, getting in training sessions, it looks like Sergio Ramos may finally actually be healthy. Um, It's going to be a better product based on that alone. And it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how all of that works because it's the first year that I can remember, I think probably in the modern era, I'm not going to say back in the forties and the fifties of the world cup, but (laughs) the world cup is in November, December. So you're going to have a situation where PSG is going to play from August, September, October, a little into November. And then the team's going to go away for a month and they're all going to go to their international teams, play a highly competitive world cup and then come back in January, they're playing games into June this year. If you looked at the schedule, the last uh, scheduled league gun game, I think is something like June 8th. Yeah. Which is, a, which is just a rare, which I don't think has ever happened. June 3rd so, against Claremont. Yep. And I'm assuming the Champions League final is going to be June 10th or June 9th or June something uh, some, of that. Sometime, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a very different schedule and um, it's good that PSG are going to get a a training camp because I can't imagine them not getting this time having to play a start a season and then go into international games. 
like that's going to be that's going to be tough. So the fact that these guys seem committed to having a good start to the season and learning Galtier's system, whatever that may be, I think that's a good sign. I think that's a positive sign. That, that's a very good point. Mel, we've got you in here, fellow PSU Talk contributor. Do um, you want to tag on to that point Mark was making about how the World Cup's going to play into the season for PSG, or do you got something else on your mind? Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. How's it going? All well here. How about you? Oh, every day is an absolute blessing. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. No, it's, uh, the, the, the Mark point on the World Cup is an interesting one. You know, I think that um, it has the potential with players who we know want to manage their injury situation and has the potential to see them position this first part of the season in a particular way, right? So I command Neymar, who literally has missed half the opportunities he's had to play for PSG due to to injury. Um, He's played literally half the games he could have played. Um, I can imagine him thinking about this Brazil World Cup as potentially one of the last that he can lead the Brazil team. And I think that's going to impact how he thinks about this season. I can imagine that part of the reason that um, you're seeing such an early return to training, you're not seeing a lot of people um, failing to be there early on, is that they know that to establish this season as a season of meaning means they're going to have to get out of the chute and play very well in that period from August to October. Because after that, people are going to be thinking about how do I stay injury free such that I can go off in November with my national team to get ready for this World Cup. So that combined with how, you know, what the word on the street is about LTA, I think means that this team and, and what you said about last year and the, and the players, you know, the, the relative group player consciousness around last year was kind of a kind of a mess, kind of a disappointment. I think all of that is combining to position this club to really think about how they have to come out of the shoot, get well ahead on points in league, uh, get get through to and through the group as early as they possibly can in the Champions League so that they can then make the shift that they all are going to make in the direction of the national team and the World Cup. Um, They have to give themselves a cushion to be able to do that because lacking a cushion means that those later games closer to the World Cup have more weight and impact than they're going to want them to have. So I think that that's going to be the case. When it comes to this season, though, I think that the positioning of the World Cup makes this season really hard in terms of the evaluation of Galtier. Um, there are so many factors that are external to his leadership that navigating through this will require the partnership of Campos, Nasser, um, Galtier, and the players. Um, and a successful navigation of it as a result means that I'm not going to be able to just give credit to Galtier, it's going to be all the facets of the club will play a role in that. And an unsuccessful navigation of this period means that blame is going to have to be properly distributed. Um, so 
you know, when we're talking about trying to understand the impact that Galtier is going to have, there's certain things that I think he's going to have to demonstrate he owns. And then there's going to be other things that we as fans are going to have to understand um, are really uh, mechanisms and phenomena where the manager is just a part of what has to happen here in terms of the right types of thinking and action. That's a good point. You mentioned the, the whole oh. club. I think PSG's medical staff better be yeah. ready for the uh, season of their life because I think well, there's going to be yeah. a whole heap of injuries. And you know, and you know, Ed, how I feel about the the medical staff and how I felt about them since the untimely death of Nick Broad yeah. under the Ancelotti regime. I feel like we have not seen consistent. The last year was the best of a whole slew of terrible years at keeping players on the pitch and taking the player group as a whole and managing their overall well-being and getting them ready at peak performance for peak times, right? Yet last year was the best of a slew of terrible years. So I think you're absolutely right on that, which is, you know, this cohort of um, recovery, development, and readiness medical personnel um, are going to have to perform in a way that they haven't performed for almost a decade, so... And I, I will say this, and I, I think I think you're going to see. The, the, this is the interesting part because Luis Campos in the in the in the press conference talked about making the squad smaller and getting rid of some of the dead weight. He didn't say it that way, but that was basically the implication. Do you want to do that at a point where in September and October you may need to rotate more? due to those sort of forces of that World Cup coming up. And if you have a guy who rolls an ankle or, you know, or sprains his shoulder or something in a, in a match, there's a good chance that that guy's going to take as much time as possible to get back and healthy. So I'm wondering if you don't want to empty the cupboard yet. Maybe use January's transfer window as an opportunity to do that and just offer guys out on loan deals to sort of shrink the squad after the World Cup as opposed to before, because you don't want to get caught was, in a situation. I was going to say, Mark, that was exactly my thinking today. You, know, you and I are more aligned today than ever. I think that that is exactly right, which is, you know, when you hear that from Compost, I'm like, well, when are you going to shrink the squad? <laughs> because you don't want to shrink the squad before the World Cup. Actually, you want to maximize your potential for rotation before the World Cup and then use the January transfer window to make smart moves. Pablo Sarabia is a great example, right? You hear a lot on the Twitterverse about how he can't handle physicality and how he can't do this and can't do that. Well, you don't have Angel Di Maria anymore, right? And Messi's a year older. And you're going to need a rotation on that right side of midfield and that right wing position. And he's a perfect player for that. When you watch him play away from PSG, you understand why we went after him in the first place. I am not saying that he's a permanent starter, but from rotation perspective, particularly in a world cup year, particularly in a year where the world cup comes in the winter, that's the type of player who I would not want to see go. Yeah. And I think he's emblematic of how we need to think about this first half of the season. And it's it's really about who you because th there is there are guys like Julian Draxler and 
Laban Kurzawa, who I think are symbolic of something that I think PSG need to sort of excise from the club as soon as possible. But then there are guys like um, Ander Herrera and Leandro Paredes and Abdou Diallo, where, yes, in a, in a perfect world, those guys might need to be sold at some point or loaned or whatever. But I don't think August would be the time to do that because you look at a guy like Leandro Paredes, he can contribute. He can play like in he, he's a good rotational player. So is Herrera. So is um, a guy like Diallo. So you have to pick and choose. Not all sort of PSG bench players are created equal in, in that in that mold. So I think it'll be interesting to see. There was also a rumor sort of that was floated out there that there was going to be two training sessions. The It was going to be the Indian cast system of, uh, of PSG training where you have the desirables with composts and then the undesirables on some other field somewhere. I think that was a keep rumor, so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but, th- like, I'm wondering if that's something that could actually be done. I, I-, I have my doubts, but... <laughs> You know, so I would love I would love to see some sort of physical manifestation of the truth being told to some players. Right. <laughs> I would love to see Julie, Julian Draxler and Laban Kurzawa on a field and they're going, well, where are the where are the other players? And they're going, no, you're over here because all you've shown is a willingness to get paid regardless of your level of performance and regardless of your ambition. And that's you're on that field now. You play with these players. Uh, and when you're ready to play, when you're ready to be serious and give all that you can give, then you can come back over here with the adults. I would love, love to see that type of thing. I think to your point, it'll be interesting to see if that actually got done. But I think that's the type of um, demands on the psychology of players individually and as a whole that we haven't seen and that we need to see. Mel, I love that idea. Um, we're going to... Uh let you drop off from a speaker, but Mel, I think you should be on that field given Draxler and some of those other players, the business and letting them know that all they're interested in is collecting a paycheck and not really working hard. Um, We're going to try to get a couple more in here just to wrap up really, really quick. So Luciano, hopefully we can get you on this time, share your quick thought. And we're just going to keep moving and knock out these uh, last couple of requests here. But what is on your mind regarding PSG? Hopefully you you got us now. (laughs) Go ahead. No, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was gonna say, can we relax on Draxler, man? Draxler plays when he's fit. Draxler gave us some quality, some quality games against Barcelona. Without him, we don't win that. How much is he paying you to say? Not that? a lot. Not a lot. I'm just being. <laughs> I'm just being honest, though. You guys are ultimately right, but I feel like certain of these players, like Draxler, like when they do get time in roles, especially early on under Pochettino when Draxler was playing a lot, we got quality time out of him until like their their injuries. But ultimately, you guys are right. That's, that's fair. And remember, last, early last season, I think Ander Herrera had scored a couple goals. He was our leading scorer there. So right, right. They, these players have blips, but they just they don't have that consistency. They don't have that drive to really work their way to regular first team minutes. Yeah, and I think part of it with Draxler in, in Kurzawa is they're just sort of a symbol of. Yeah, but Mark, I, think, I, I guess Mark, I think Kurzawa is. They're, they're symbol of something. I think Kurzawa is in a different light, though. I really don't put Kurzawa on the yeah. table with Draxler because Kurzawa is a different. He's a different conundrum, if you will. 
He's like he's really that is he really hasn't given us any like productive motion and like you can't you have to go on YouTube and like literally YouTube and and help have the search engine help you look at that like Kazawa just doesn't even play for us at this point. He's really just a figment of our imagination as PSG fans. Realistically, like realistically, I think a couple of years ago we named him the worst PSG signing of the QSI era. Um, that's pretty good. Well, thank you so much, Luciana, for coming in and sharing that. Like I said, we're going to just move quickly here. Let's just see. We got three requests. We're just going to knock these out real quick. All right. We've got who? Question mark. Come in and uh, state your name if you want. And what's on your mind regarding PSG? Well, talking about the general overview of what I have seen, I take, uh, well, I stick with three points. The first one is I'm not the biggest fan of Gaultier. But what I like of this new era, Cole, is that we have seen that the decisions are going to be taken by both campus and uh, Galtier. Some other, well, with Leonardo mainly, we see, we've seen that uh, Pochettino wanted someone, um, Nasser wanted someone else, and Leonardo ended up uh, hiring someone else. Now we have seen that every part of the club is now in the same route, or at least that's what we have seen by now. Everything we have seen is, well, the signings, for example, are all in the line for a 3-5-2 formation. And they are coherent with what um, we, well, uh, with what is promised for us, the fans, to see. Uh, we, I am not a fan of Skamaka, but I understand it's a profile that is needed. We also have seen that midfield is a priority. We have seen that Skriniar is one of the best um, center backs in a line of three. Uh, in, a, in a line of three, so all the signings are coherent, and that's something that may be an important change for PSG. And that that is yep. the point. Like er, everything seems to be making sense. The sporting director signing makes sense. The manager makes sense. Some of the signings that we're looking at, the players, they're they're fitting into roles where we need help, and they fit into a system. Like I'm not used to this as a PSG fan. Everything is making sense. It's everything's what what fans have want, or at least most fans. And now we just need to see if those decisions are the right ones. Yeah, but at least we're not going to see this. Power fight that we have seen before, especially with Leonardo. So that's something I'm glad to see. And another thing is this importance of getting rid of some players, to be honest, because uh, having Kurzawa there is not going to help. So even if it's alone paying half of his salary, he may have some minutes. Uh, PSG can uh, give that sign to someone else who actually deserves it. Something that I didn't like at all with Pochettino is that he put the hierarchy of the players above the needs of the team during the matches, for example. We always saw Wijnaldum, no matter how bad he was. But, and for example, Michut was on the bench or playing zero minutes. He played like a hundred minutes in all the season, and Wijnaldum uh, sixteen hundred, I think. As, so it is going to be really important to see that Galtier and Campos can manage to 
really create that distinction between the players that actually deserve to play and those who just need to go. Yeah, I, I think what you, I think what you said is very important because I think we're at a point now where PSG has to be able to sit the players who aren't performing. And that's been a problem since the beginning where you have players that are on these salaries and you feel the obligation from the management team or from the sporting director that these players have to play. And when, when you have the sporting director and the manager on the same page, it gives the manager more freedom to sit somebody if they're not performing. What seems to happen, and with Pochettino especially, is Pochettino was definitely afraid to sit anyone. Like, he would play guys no matter how bad they were <laughs> at, the, at that point. It really was. It got to a point where it was like, you know, he had to sit Wijnaldum at a certain point because it just was getting to the point where he just wasn't doing anything he, on the wasn't field. Even touching, he wasn't even touching the ball. And it's like, league yeah. should be the audition for the Champions League. If you're not doing your job against Lorient, yeah. you're not playing against Real Madrid. But this is the thing, though, too. And I think you, you need – and you'll see right away if Galtier understands this, which is if a guy who's on $3 million a year is not performing in a game, it's not the worst thing in the world to take that guy out and put someone in from the academy for the last 30 minutes of the match to try to see if that person can give them a spark. Well, the like, only player you don't take off is Mbappe. I, I, yeah. Unless he's just horrifically bad, which I can't even imagine. But, but, that's, that, but that's the thing, too. You have to – you absolutely have to – have the support of the organization and the structure to be able to actually manage the team and managing the team means if a guy's not performing, he has to sit. And if Galtier has that power really has that power, I think PSG are going to be in good shape. But again, I think sometimes it's, I, I, sometimes it is the pressure coming from up top, but sometimes it's just, and I, I'm not going to give Pochettino an out here. Sometimes it's just, this is a guy who's, who's managed at high levels. There's no reason that he has to prove himself. There's no reason he has to go along with it. He can bench guys if they're not playing well. He just, I, he, it, it's his mistake that he made. It, and that's sort of what I'm going at there. And now Galtier has to avoid that same mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be benching Messi. Uh, I can already see the headlines. Uh, we're going to get two more people in here. Britt B., I just added you as a speaker, so you can go ahead. And Eddie Razzo, uh, we'll get you to wrap up the show. So, Britt, if you can hear me, what's on your mind regarding PSG? Oh, yeah. Thanks for inviting me to the talk. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how I feel like PSG, for like the first time in a long time, they're actually like coming up with a plan, with the actual structure. Instead of just buying the best players uh, in the time that they buy them and just, like, have no plans, no structure, just for marketing. You get what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, we were just saying, like, everything they're doing is making sense. There's a plan. Yes. We're not going for big stars. We're going for players with quality, with experience. I, I, I'm so high on this direction. Is it going to work? We don't know. We have to wait and see. But I think most fans are in agreement that this is the way we need to go. Yes. And um, also, I feel like this season will be like a different season because 
as you guys may have saw on Twitter and on Instagram, the players, most of the starting players, they've arrived 10 days early before they were yep. scheduled to arrive to start working. And I feel like with the World Cup coming soon and, like, you know, like with the, with the Champions League, people want to win it. And the fact that the club is actually starting to, you know, focus on the issues that they have to fix, like buying more midfielders, buying replacements, and buying, like, you know, like squad players for depth. I feel like this is going to be a wonderful season. And especially with the World Cup coming up, I feel like the players will have something to prove so they'll perform better. Agreed. Yeah, Neymar wants to, to prove that he's deserving of a starting spot in, in the Brazil squad, which is loaded. Mm-hmm. Mbappe wants another World Cup title, so I think that plays a huge role. It's a lot of positivity, a lot of new at PSG. We've got new uh, kits, new sponsor, the Qatar Airways. I love the new home kit. I picked that one up. I got an Mbappe kit. I don't know about anybody else listening, but I, I love it. Mark, did you get one? Or did you like the home kit? Again, I, 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 I usually say this every year, so I'll just re-up it. I'm not a kit snob. I know there are people that... Get out of here, then. Uh, Brent, <laughs> do you like the new home kit? I just feel like... I like it. I, no, I like it. I like it. I, I, I'll buy whatever they... I'll buy whatever home kit they put out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not a snob about it. So it's like... It's fine. It it's looks fine. fine. You look like fine play good. That's how I feel. What do you think, Brent? I feel like it's okay. I mean, I don't like the white in the middle, but I feel like so far, at least like they have like a purpose for it. You know what I mean? It doesn't look bad to me. It, look it, it goes. It goes back to the, the history, the the Hector uh, design with the white, and also I I like it. I think it's good. And hey, Guitar Airways, if we can funnel some more money through the side <laughs> for some more signings, why not? Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just happy with what the club is doing. And for the first time in a long time, like I feel like not President Nasser Al Khalifi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually like. He's, like, doing things more like uh, – he's doing things in, like, a system, kind of, like, in a more smooth way. He's yeah. actually, like, working with the with the director, I think it's Luis Campos, and the mm-hmm. um, new coach, right? I feel yep. like, for once, all the executives, the people in the top level of the club, they're all, like, thinking the same mindset, the, th- the same frame, the same, like, you know, the same energy. You know what I mean? The same wavelength. Yeah, all the same absolutely. wavelength. Absolutely. I am 100% with you. I'm going to remove you as a speaker, but you're right. It seems like the whole train is going in the right direction. And this season could be special. We've got that little roadblock with the World Cup. We'll have to see injury-wise what happens there. But this season could be special. Let's let's wrap up the show here with Eddie Razzo, uh, contributor to PSG Talk. He writes a lot of our uh, content on PSGtalk.com. Eddie, what's on your mind? regarding PSG. What, what's the latest? Any breaking news for um, us? Not that I'm aware of. I'm about to get started. In a, well, once, once, <laughs> once, I'm, once I'm done here, I'm about to get started. Um, but no, I mean, like I, pretty much everything that every you know, I've been hearing since you guys started, I, I pretty much echo what everybody said. Um, the more interesting part would be, you know, the selling part. I mean, kind of like we're kind of forgetting that Antero Henrique really is playing a major part like behind the scenes being he's going to have to be a wizard with some of these players. I mean, some of these players do have like a market. I mean, you kind of mentioned it, Paredes, um, Diallo, you know, these players have a market. So if, you know, they wouldn't be so difficult to sell, but there are going to be some other players like um, Icardi, you know, he's going to have to pull, you know, some, some wizardry and see, you know, some shrewd business, you know, I don't know how, how he's going to convince some clubs to take some on some of these players on, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how that all plays out for, you know, within a couple of I, I don't think it's, I think it's going to be easy. Just say like, hey, 
insert Syria club will pay 75% of Icardi's wages. Do you want him? <laughs> I think that's what you have to do. Well, no, that's all you can do at this point. Like the, some of these salaries are not, some of the, the, the clubs can't actually fiscally pay that. Like whatever Icardi's making, you know, there was that rumor that a, that a Syria club uh, that just got promoted wanted Mauro Icardi. And it's like, there's no way they can pay those wages. <laughs> there's no way. So I think PSG are going to be bargaining from a from a position of weakness this uh, window. I think they're going to have to just do the old Hesse move, where you pay the person's wages to just go away. Like, yeah. That that uh, that's at this point, I think that's what you just have to do, just because you can't have some of these these players on this roster. It's just not going to work. You can't have people that are just showing up to do the exercise bike. Like you have to, you have to get rid of them, and they should have some professional pride. And that, that also is the, the surprising one was Antero Enrique. Somehow, you know, like good God, that's Antero Enrique's music. Where did he come from? <laughs> like, like you know. Of all the people to sort of kind of weasel their way back into the PSG hierarchy, you know, and again, people forget revisionist history. People were thrilled when Henrique was fired. They were thrilled at it. I remember they wanted him gone and they wanted Leonardo in and people wanted Leonardo in. It was a big deal when he showed back up. He was replacing a guy that not many people liked, and now Antero Henrique's back as the sales guru because it, it's one thing he was good at. He was good at selling people, not as good as signing them, but was good at selling them. And I just find it amazing that, of all people, he's back. Well, if he can sell, then we'll be glad that he's back because we've got several players we need to offload. Um, Eddie, we'll let you run. I know you're getting ready to start uh, – Writing for the site, if you want to visit PSGtalk.com and check out Eddie Rosso's work, he does a great job over there, um, uh, as well as all of our writers, Steve, and everyone else who contributes. And so if, if you're interested in contributing, just shoot me a DM. If you've got an article in mind that you want to write up for us, we've had a couple people do that here recently, so always accepting new pieces. But, uh, Mark, good show. It's been a little while. We'll try to do this more often uh, now that things are picking up, preseason starting, and uh, my, my bout with COVID is uh, hopefully subsiding now. So we'll certainly be on the mic more often as the season's starting. But, Mark, any last parting words for us before we go? Um, it's just exciting. I, I, I think PSG fans have a reason to sort of hope that there's a long-term vision that's going to, I think, make the team more interesting to watch and that, and I think this is really the important part that this club can survive long-term when sort of the big names go away, when the Messi's, the Neymar's and the Mbappe's are gone, that PSG is going to be able to uh, keep it going. And that this, you know, and I think that's always been sort of a fear in the back of people's minds that, this would sort of be a comet in the sky that came and went. But I think PSG clearly have a vision for the long term uh, of the club. And I think that's, if nothing else, I think that's the comforting thing here. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I think after the World Cup, you may see some stories about, oh, PSG looking to sell or QSI is looking to sell. But I, I think you take those with a grain of salt. I think they're yeah, but you know, not and I won't get into this long because this is a longer discussion. But even if they did sell, the club is the club's valuation at this point is probably going to be around a billion, billion and a half. So whoever's buying it is going to have money to to invest. So that's the whole thing about it. PSG are secure in that regard. So I wouldn't even worry so much about that, but it's good to see that they, that Nasser does have a long-term vision for what this could be. Well, Hey, we did just get authorized for super followers. So if you want to go and uh, become a super follower for a couple bucks on PSG, (laughs) maybe if we get enough money, we can buy PSG from QSI. No, we we can't. You know what we could do? We we could (laughs) buy Bordeaux. Yeah, I think absolutely. Let's I think we'll think about it. A, a couple million, we'll, we'll, we'll buy Bordeaux. I mean, great wine, great part of France. Why not? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, so let's go buy ahead. Bordeaux. Yeah, become a super follower today. Um, but if not, you know, just a regular follow is, is fine. You don't have to be super. So anyway, I'm Ed with PSG Talk. He was Mark Damon. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Au revoir for now. <laughs>